Hi, and welcome to the Bluff Church Podcast. Each week we bring you the Sunday message from the Bluff Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you like our podcast, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment and leave a review on your favorite listening platforms on iTunes or Google Play. Your review helps other listeners find our podcast. For more information about the Bluff, we invite you to visit our website at thebluff.church or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for the Bluff Church. If you live in the Poplar Bluff area, we invite you to come be a part of the Bluff on any Sunday at 1027 a.m. in the ballroom of the Holiday Inn. Now here's this week's message. a new sermon series today, uh, Out of the Shadows. We're going to be talking about some of those dark areas in our life that keep us up at night, and we're going to start with uh, a personal favorite, if the word favorite is appropriate or not, of mine. Is anyone else in here a worry wart? Do we have any worriers in here? Oh, wow, we've got a lot of fellow worriers. Well, today we're going to look at worry in Scripture. If you're a believer, if you have been in church at all, you know you're not supposed to worry. Everyone in here knows Jesus said, don't worry. But how do we not worry? How do you, how do you stop? And we don't really know, or we really haven't delved into how we don't worry. How can we, how can we cut this out? So I want to talk about worry today by sharing a story that happened to me a few years ago and sharing how God worked in my life through it. It's, it. We began calling it the school desk story, but it has since become a legend. It is, it is the tale of the school desk now in our family. You see, uh, we homeschool, and uh, we bought these school desks. Uh, is anyone a school student in here? Have you had a desk that looked kind of like this one? Yeah, we, uh, we went ahead and bought some of these school desks. We bought four when we started, and I thought that was enough. I did not know how, just how gifted my wife was at making babies. But she seems she's always pregnant, spitting out another kid in my life. And, oh, <laughs> oh, you're not letting me off the hook, huh? Oh, so we had four kids with school desk a few years ago, and we had another, a fifth child, that was getting ready to celebrate her two-year-old birthday. It was going to be coming up, and little Riza turning two, and my wife had an idea of what she wanted to get her for her birthday. This seems like such a lousy gift to me, a school desk. But every morning, my wife would get up with all the kids, they'd eat breakfast, and then they'd go into the schoolroom. And she'd watch all the kids run over, all five run over, for four desks. It's like this constant game of musical chairs. And the little girl that's only two years old, or almost two years, she can't ever get a desk for herself. So Rachel wants to buy a school desk, and I'm opposed to it. I was opposed to it for two reasons. One, it seems like a lousy gift to me for a two-year-old. It's like, come on, let's get her a doll or something. I don't know. But the second is because the price of school desks had increased. When I bought school desks, they were fairly cheap, but they had gone up in price. Down in quality, of course. But if we were going to get the same type of school desk, the same look, you couldn't buy just one school desk. You had to buy them in pairs. 
hundred bucks. I have to spend fifty bucks per desk. I have to spend a hundred bucks to get to that doesn't anyone in here on my side? This doesn't make sense for a little two-year-old. She won't even remember it. No one remembers when they're two. We have old toys in the attic. We can just get something. We just get something for her like that. She won't know. She's gonna play with the box, right? We all know she's gonna play with the box. Why spend hundred bucks for a school desk? So my wife went to work. She started studying. I remember it was a Thursday night, and I remember that because it was that first NFL game of the season when they have a, you know, they have that Thursday game before all the games on, on Sunday. This is back when we watched the NFL still, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, was, I was excited. I walked in the door. It's already late for the game. And in between me and the couch was my wife. I came in the door, and she's like, hey, I found a deal. There is a school here in Columbus, Ohio, the school here that has, that's closed down. And they are auctioning off all of their furniture on a website tonight. And she said, I've looked, and they've put school desks in groups called lots. And so there's like a lot of eight, a lot of 20, a lot of 30, you know. And she said, right now they're going for like two, three, four dollars. Even if it got up to like $20 or $30 and I bought like 20 school desks, it's cheaper than getting two new ones. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it sounds good. I want to go watch the game. <laughs> I'll say anything at this point. Just spend the money. I want to watch the football game. So she goes into the schoolroom to purchase desk. I go into the living room to watch a game. The game's going on. I'm enjoying myself when all of a sudden I heard a scream. I thought it was probably like a rat or a skunk or some kind of rodent because it was so out of place. And I went, what is that? And I took off running into the schoolroom. My wife is sitting at her computer. She looks at me when I come in and she just waves both arms at me and screams, get out of here! Get out of here! Okay, okay. So I walked out of the schoolroom going, what was that about? And as I'm walking back into the living room, I hear these words. I accidentally bought over 100 school desks. <laughs> Get out of here! Oh, no! I'm not leaving this time. What is going on? What happened? My wife melts. Oh. She, I married a very intelligent woman. This website, I agree with her. I don't think it was very user-friendly. I sit down and I look, and you make two bids. There's a low bid, so like if it's going for like $5 right now, you can go, okay, I'll put in seven. And then there's a high bid, the highest you're willing to go. Yeah, 25. She hits enter. It comes up. You didn't get the bid. She moves on to the next one. Not knowing she still had the high bid. That low bid didn't count. And she just kept right on going. I mean, she went all over the place. She, she filled this website up with bids. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no. What does this mean? Can we get out of this? And she said, I'm reading the rules right now, but I, 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 think, I think we've made these bids. 
Okay, yeah, well, and I say all the right words. Don't worry about it. Everything's okay. I'm sure every husband's wife accidentally buys, you know, like 40 refrigerators, <laughs> 80 couches. You know, I mean, I'm sure this is common, you know, just, I love you. I'm going to go watch the game. I go back in, and all of a sudden I start having all this anxiety. Have you ever had this? It's hard to compare each other's anxiety, isn't it? Because we all have a different level of skills. We all have a different personality. Some of us seem like we can handle more anxiety than others, but sometimes it depends what the situation is. But I'm sitting there in my living room, all of a sudden I'm going, so, so how much are we going to spend on this? We'll have to wait and see how many desks we buy. Yeah, okay. So, Rachel, um, when do we have to pick up these desks? Saturday? Sa like, today's Friday, like, sa this Saturday, Saturday? Yes. How am I, how am I going to pick up over 100 school desks? I got a little Ford Ranger. What, how, what's the dimensions of a school desk again? I'm in the schoolroom, the game is going on, and I'm measuring school desk. Oh, so if I put the next one like this, wait, then... I don't have to count the legs then, but do I have to count the legs for everything else? How do I, how do I add this up? How much space is this going to take up? How big is that truck? I'm out in the dark. I'm measuring the bed of my Ford Ranger. I've measured it before. I know how small it is. I'm doing it again. I'm hoping that maybe God performed a miracle and that it grew somehow. I, I go in. I'm going, it's going to take like nine, ten trips to do this. What time do I have to get this done by? By 12 o'clock? I'm not going to make it. I'm going to have to call some friends. I'm, I'm going to have to call friends that are going to help me. And, and that, they're going to think my wife's an idiot. They're going to say, your wife did what? It's going to be so embarrassing for her. She's going to hate this. I can't talk to anyone about this. And, and I'm, I'm going to have to rent a U-Haul. I'm like, that's the only way to do this. I'm going to spend more money. How big of a U-Haul? Rachel, scooter, I need the computer. I, I start looking at U-Haul trailers going, what's the biggest one I can put on a little Ford Ranger? And I'm calculating up going, that's not big enough either. I don't know. And where am I going to store all these school desks? Where am I going to store them? My garage isn't big enough to have all these school desks, is it? I'm out in the garage. I'm measuring the garage up and down going, I, how high can I stack them? I don't think I can probably stack them that high. Maybe I can, but it, I don't have room in my garage. It's going to be in my living room. It's going to be in the schoolroom. These desks are going to, and who's going to buy them from me? How am I going to get rid of all these stupid school desks? I don't want these school desks. I, I can't get rid of them. And who, and she doesn't have enough homeschool friends that are going to buy them from us. I mean, I'm going to have these school desks forever. Is, anyone, is the trash guy going to come and get these? I don't think so. I'm pacing back and forth. I finally go and I reserve the trailer. I decide the two friends I'm going to ask help me. My wife goes to bed that night. I miss the game. I don't even remember who played now. One, two, three o'clock, 3.30 in the morning. I'm still wired. And I am pacing back and forth in the schoolroom, going over all these terrible scenarios, realizing that my life now has just been ruined because of these stupid school desks. Now, you might have heard that, and you might go, oh, give me a break, you big baby. Do you know why you're thinking that? Maybe because our skill sets are different. 
Maybe if you had four sermons to write by Saturday, you'd be freaked out. I'm good. I'm good. We have different skill sets, right? I don't know how to deal with these school desks, and they're getting ready to flood into my life, and all I can do is stress and worry about it. That's all I have. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to take worrywart Darren at 3.30 in the morning when he's pacing back and forth in his house, and I want to put him aside for a second, and we're going to give him some advice. And we're going to go into Scripture and see what advice there is for him. Matthew chapter 6, verse 23. Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you worrying by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of, of his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Read that passage and we know, okay, so I'm not supposed to worry, but how do I not do it? And Jesus actually did a lot of teaching by asking questions. And he gave us some good pointers in here by asking us some really good questions. And one of the first pointers he get, gave us, one of the first statements in truth, if you're struggling with worry, is this. If, you're, if you have that anxiety coming up in your life, Focus your thoughts on what's truly most important. Is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? You see, worry is a distraction from enjoying the game. <laughs> worry is a distraction from enjoying your life. You end, up, you end up focusing on things that are not really important not even to you. That's what worry always does. It tends to sidetrack us from the most important areas of our life. If you look at my situation, and here I am all stressed out, what's the most important area of my life at that moment? What is it? What should it be? As I'm pacing back and forth going, okay, I can't get rid of these school desks, and they're all coming in, I'm going to pay garbage man, are they going to come and get that many desks, I don't know how to get rid of them. As, as I'm going back and forth, in that whole scenario, is there anything that's important? Like the wife who's laying in bed upstairs that just made the mistake? Isn't she the most important person in the story, the most important part of the story? Wouldn't it be better for me to be able to go back in time and sit down with Rory Wart Darren and say, okay, Darren, now think about this. 
you've got this beautiful wife upstairs that just feels as though she made this blunder. Isn't she the most important person in this whole scenario? Why don't you go lay with her? Why don't you go hold her? Why don't you go remind her that you're with her even whenever she buys 150 refrigerators next week? Why don't you cling on to what's most important? You see, and that's what Jesus wants you to do when you feel worry coming up in your life. Look around and go, what's the most important thing in this, my situation right now? Last week, I put a, or this last week, I put a thing on Facebook in my post. I put, help a preacher out. What's the most helpful way you've dealt with worry and anxiety? I've got a lot of crazy answers, a lot of good ones. Did anyone see that post? Yeah, I had, I, someone put that they deal with worry and stress. The most helpful way they do it is they throw their shoes. <laughs> like, really? I had to try that sometime. Oh, throw my shoes. Yeah, some people put driving, you know. Yeah, I wonder how fast they're going if they're getting rid of anxiety with that. <laughs> yeah, some people put hug a horse. Yeah, a lot of people put petting their pets, you know, petting their dog or something. Number one answer was prayer. That's because the preacher put the post on. Number two was scripture, read a scripture. Had a lot of different scriptures. I looked them up. I looked up every scripture, and there's some great ones out there. A lot of people put music. They sing. Now, we all have different ways that we might cope with stress, but I looked at all these answers, and probably around 80% of them had something in common. It all focused a person on something that was more important than their current difficulty. Let's go to God, a relationship with God that's more important than what I'm worrying about right now. Let's look at God's word and study it. It's more important than what I'm going. Let's talk to a friend, a family member, who means more to me than the trouble I'm going through. Let's, let's sing a song and the lyrics have value and meaning that goes beyond my current circumstance. I think because deep down inside, we all know that there's something more important than what we're going through. And that's what Jesus says. He doesn't say, just don't worry. He says, don't worry. In fact, remember this, that your life is more important than food and your body is more important than clothes, grab hold of what's the most valuable and important and fixate your thoughts on that. Second, Jesus says this. He says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers of the field. Are you not much more valuable than they? You need to focus your heart. Focus your heart on who has your back. Focus your heart on who truly cares for you. It's interesting that he says birds. Be like birds. Birds don't worry because birds actually look like they worry a lot. All about twitching and stuff they do on the ground. I'm like, I think they might be worrying. I don't know. But I do know this. They're not thinking ahead. Yeah, they're, they're not outside measuring their Ford Ranger bed. Yeah, they're not planning ahead, storing up food. They go out every day going, okay, what am I going to eat right now? And they find it. Because God cares for birds. Every so often, my little girls will come to me, and they'll, they'll bring a bunch of dandelions that they picked from my yard, 
and they'll put them in a little glass and fill it with water, and they'll come and say, Dad, we picked you flowers. Every time they do that, I give them the same response. I don't know why they don't learn. I scold them. What are you doing? These are not flowers. These are weeds. <laughs> these are weeds. These are dandelions. I don't want these in my yard. They're like, oh, but Dad, they're so pretty. No, these are not. Oh, Dad, yes, they are. No, they're not pretty. These are weeds. Why are you picking weeds for? Don't, you can pick them, but don't bring them in the house. You don't try to water them and grow them. These are weeds. They're dandelions. We don't want weeds in the house. My little girls never learn. Next, they would prefer if I went out and just put dandelion fertilizer all over my yard. They would love it. Just love it. And when they leave, I always look at those little dandelions floating <laughs> in this glass of water that they give me, and I go, yeah, they are pretty. Don't tell them that. But they are. God even made weeds pretty. If God cares for weeds, if he puts beauty on them more beautiful than any Solomon ever, anything Solomon ever wore, if God cares for pigeons, isn't he going to care for you? Doesn't he have your back? And what do you think could happen if I could have interrupted Darren, if I could have gone into that schoolroom as I'm going back and forth pacing, worrying about how my life has just been destroyed because of these crazy school desks, if I could have come in and sat myself down and said, Darren, let me ask you something. Do you remember, do you remember back in grade school when you thought you left that homework assignment at home and you thought you were going to flunk or you thought you were going to get some F or something terrible was going to happen? How'd that work out for you? Are you Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Did God have your back? Yeah. Do you, do you remember when you got married and the pastor, the guy that's supposed to marry you, he wasn't there on time? And you were pacing back and forth going, oh no, no, it's destroying the wedding. How, how'd that marriage work out for you? Did it go okay? Yeah, it went okay. Do you, do you think I could have, if I had someone that would have just reminded me, don't you have a God who has your back? Has your life turned out that terrible? Isn't God with you right now, the almighty, powerful God? And if he cares for birds, doesn't he care for you? And if he cares for weeds, doesn't he love you? And didn't he send his son to die on a cross for you, only to let you now have your life destroyed from school desk? He took all your sins from you, and now here it comes, the school desk plague. And you're destroyed? It doesn't make any sense, does it, Darren? You know, sometimes a wake-up call and, and taking our heart and reminding ourselves, who has my back? Who holds my hand? And who holds me up? There's one more. I love this verse here in verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Focus your thoughts, focus your heart, and also we need to focus our hands. Focus our feet on being productive. And when I'm worrying and I'm moving back and forth, the reality is, is I'm doing nothing that's productive. I'm pacing back and forth and there's no good. In fact, there's only harm that can come from this. There's no good. I've reserved the U-Haul. 
I've planned to call two people. There's nothing else to do. All I can do now is stress about it. All I can do now is worry about it. There's nothing productive. All I can do now is make sure I'm exhausted tomorrow when I'm trying to fix the problem. That's it. And the reason I'm doing all this worrying is because I can't see into the future. Which is crazy because do you know how my story ends? When it was all said and done, we only purchased 74 school desks. <laughs> Just 74. That's it. <laughs> That's still a lot. I called my two friends. They agreed in a heartbeat. They thought it was hilarious. They were there. They met me Saturday morning, had their two trucks, and I learned that I had awesome friends. I had guys that were school desk stacking experts. They had the strategy of, st of stacking desks that were just turn it a little bit for each one as you keep stacking it, and it made this uh, DNA spiral thing going on. They packed more in the beds of their two trucks than I did in my little U-Haul. <laughs> they, they loaded it up. One trip. Got to the house. And here's the pictures. Do we have the pictures there? <laughs> Looked like the Beverly Hillbillies were coming to town. <laughs> and I want you to look at this. I want you to notice, can you see that I'm smiling? Do you know why I'm smiling? Because as I was walking up to the house with this truck of school desk, I looked up and, <laughs> and I was laughing because I was actually nervous my wife was going to be embarrassed. She called me like 20 times on the trip. She was so excited. When I pulled up, she's outside with her phone taking pictures, you know. <laughs> she's so excited. She was like, oh, we bought 72 school desks. I'm like, wait, shouldn't you be embarrassed? This was, you didn't do this on purpose. No, she wasn't embarrassed at all. There's no shame. She was having fun. And I was laughing because of the silliness of all my stress. I opened up the garage and I put them in. Took all my stuff and put it on one half of the garage. Put the school desk on the other half. I had room right in the middle. A walkway. As my wife was making a flyer up, she was planning to sell all these school desks. She thought she was going to make a fortune somehow. And I said, you do not have this many homeschool friends that's going to buy all these desks for you. There is no way. I mean, this is the biggest joke. She put an ad out on Craigslist, and she took a flyer with her to one of the homeschool groups. The next day, I got a text that said, urgent, I am in desperate need of school desk ASAP with a phone number. I thought, this is the biggest joke. I thought it was a scam. <laughs> What's the scam? Do I have to give you my social security number? No one, no one is in desperate need ASAP of school desk. No one. I went ahead and called. It was the principal of a school that just had an influx from students that were attending a school that had just shut down. He said, hey, we have about 20, 25 more students than we were expecting. Uh, you have some school desk? Yes. <laughs> yeah, can I meet you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can 
Yeah, I'll, there's my address. He shows up. He's all dressed up. He had a friend with him. He, he came over, opened the garage, you know, and they, they're going, oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, they're pulling out all the best desks, and they're stacking them up. And, and then he turns to me, and he said, can I have, like, your name and number? I mean, do you do this often? <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just keep me in your Rolodex there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do this often. Like, he said, well, do you have any chairs? Chairs? I, was, <laughs> I don't want these desks. Why are you talking about chairs? No. He purchased, like, 25 desks from me. Little lady came by that afternoon. She said, I'm looking for some desks. I, I like some really bad ones. Bad ones. She said, yeah, give me some that look really terrible. Ooh, that one over there. Is that a broken one? I'll take it. Wait, that one has the F word on it. <laughs> She's like, oh, don't worry about that. I'll, I'll take that. I, I want that distressed look. I'm like, distressed look? Over I don't get, whatever. It's your desk. <laughs> hey, you want more bad ones? I've got more bad ones. So, you know, a few weeks go by. I sell all the desks. They're gone. I've got an empty garage, and I paid for Christmas. <laughs> Why was I worried? Why was I so worried? What was I worrying about? Because I couldn't see into the future. Because I was doubting whether or not God was actually going to have my back. That's ridiculous. And you want to hear the craziest part of the story? This is the craziest part. My little Riza, on her two-year-old birthday, came over and ripped open her birthday present and went, oh. I'm like, you're surprised? <laughs> How? How are you surprised? Our life was flooded with school desks. She loved it. She said, oh, I got a school desk too. Yes, you got a school desk. You had 70 of them. I can't believe you're surprised. It all worked out. It all worked out. Now, not every situation works out. But this was God coming into my life, reminding me that there's no benefit to worry. And I might as well focus my attention on something that's more productive. On what I can handle and what I can do and what's right in front of me. And months after their school, board, school desk story. I was sitting at the computer and I called my wife in. I said, Rachel, I know you may not want to go for this, but just hear me out. There's a school that's closing in Cleveland right now. No, Rachel, oh, oh, I was trying to do it. I tried to talk her into doing it again because there was benefit that came from it. Now, I don't know what worry you have in your life, Perhaps you just got some terrible news and it's been earth shattering. Perhaps it's a stress that just gnaws at you and it's one that it's hard to escape because it involves work or family. And it's just anxiety that's on you nonstop. I know we can't compare our stress, but I know we can compare our God. He's the same God that was in the Old Testament that parted the Red Sea, the same God in the New Testament that died on a cross and rose again. And he's here today in your life as well. 
If you have stress and worry in your life, would you fix your thoughts right now on what's truly the most important aspects of your life? Would you take your heart, take your heart and just let it feel the presence of the one who has your back? And would you make sure that you take your hands and feet and put it to good use on something that's actually productive? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for watching over us and caring for us. Lord, um, I am sorry for all the times I've spent acting like I am the servant of a wimpy God. All the times whenever I've been fearful and scared and overwhelmed when all of the time you were right there with me, holding me up and keeping me strong. Lord, I pray that as a church that we would that we would show the world that we have a big God that no matter what trials or difficulties come in our lives, that we are a people that seek first your kingdom and its righteousness. I love you, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would take worry right now, all the anxiety that's in this room. And Lord, I pray that we would leave it right here, that we'd lay it down at your feet and say, Lord, there are things that we cannot control, and so we ask you to control it. We lay it at your feet, and we stand up as soldiers in your army ready to walk out and live for you. Free us, Lord. It's in your son's name that we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to have a time of response right now, and if anyone has something in your life that you would like prayer for, I'd like to ask you to come up, and I'd love to pray for you. In fact, we have leaders in the room that will pray for you as well. You see someone that comes up, uh, elders, I'd like to ask you just to come up and, and give me a hand. And let's just right now move to a time of prayer. And let's lay our anxiety at the feet of Jesus. Let's all stand together.